Hi, friends. This is Tucker Max with Digging for Bones. Today, I have a special guest with us that I met on the Atlantis Cruise. His name is Gabe Woods. He comes from Down Under. Uh, fantastic human. I'm really excited for you to be on the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, g'day. Thanks, love. That's so good. Yeah, we did meet on Atlantis. That was a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> it was It was definitely, definitely fun. Uh, what did you think of the cruise? Um, oh, look, I think I have a pretty unique perspective as an Aussie. All I would say is that's probably the most wild series of parties that I've ever been to. Like, you know, I'm not, uh, I go, go dance and I do a lot of stuff in Sydney, which is where I live. And, um, yeah, not even the most wildest party here would not even be halfway close to some of the parties that were on that boat. And just as an observational thing, it was very interesting seeing, and I don't know if this is just the fact of the cruise or if it's an American cultural thing, but the American boys are just a lot more social and they mix. Like I tend to see that of the things that I observed on the boat, you guys mixed a lot more in very different groups, you know, than just groups that would have been based on, you know, sexual attraction. Does that make, am I making sense? Like you guys really like know a lot of each other all over the country and stuff. And it's just not the same in Australia. Like, I guess it's because every state in America probably has multiple capital cities and there's probably a lot of overlap of gay bars and stuff regionally and so I think you guys probably have a much more a bigger and more interconnected friend group overall if that makes sense so it was really surprising as an Australian to get on the boat and even there's those even though there is so many people on the boat you guys all were very friendly to each other and very friendly to us which to contrast that with Australia the groups are a, a bit more clicky here like you sort of stick with either your high school friends, which I think is juvenile, because I think people just are suspicious of outsiders. And for what reason? I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm very friendly. I, I would, what do you think? I think you're extremely friendly. <laughs> anyway, but rambling on, that cruise was wild. Um, I, I really don't think I'll even ever be able to recover from Oliver Heldens. That was probably a life-making memory. And I, I very rarely would give something that level of praise, but it was so good. And the people, you, you were fantastic. It was lovely meeting you, but also the group that we were with, I, I still can't express my gratitude. Like, you know, what a beautiful bunch of boys who really welcomed us, even though we were strangers from the other side of the world. Like I, I'm, I still can't get over it. That's the, I don't know, the power of modern connection, I guess. Like you guys were so friendly. I'm, it was a really good time. Uh that touches my heart in such a personal way. Thank you for sharing that and your perspective on that. Um, it's affirming to some of the stuff I was feeling. We are pretty clicky, actually, in the United States at times. Something that I found unique on the cruise is because uh, people were talking about how, like, the circuit party scene, which I'm not really familiar with at all. There is a lot of that. And the cruise does, didn't feel that way. And people talked about that. A lot of these people, like, I had just met for the first time, but I had been following them on Twitter for a while. <laughs> and, like, I think a lot of us engage each other on the internet, even though we've never met. And I was, like, surprised when I got there. And I was like, oh, my God, I've talked to that person. But, like, there were literally a handful of people I'd bump into 
that I've like engaged on the internet with a few times. And I was like, Oh shit, you're here. Like we've actually talked and had actual conversation before on the internet. Like it's great to meet you. Um, Oh yeah, absolutely. I I was really surprised. Some of these creators who have really large followings, but are just actually genuinely very nice people. And I think that's a bit of a, I'm starting to realize that might be a bit made up when you see someone who's got a huge following or something like that you think naturally oh they must be an asshole they must be you know a fuck we oh can we swear on the podcast yeah fucking swear away (laughs) they must be a bit of a cunt um but they're not actually everyone i met who was what we would consider a huge influencer or really prominent person in you know the gay social media sphere every single one was lovely and the criticism back home was oh it's just full of toxic muscle gays um you know white toxic muscle gaze on this cruise but and that was so wrong it was so diverse there was older gentlemen there there was younger gentlemen you know there was you know bigger guys like really sexy bears and a lot of body positivity on the boat and also as well just there were like really big muscular guys but i did not see like this treatment i think of like white toxic mask muscle gaze being assholes anywhere like everyone was friendly but i'm wondering if that is the phenomena of the cruise like we all know that we've got to be on this boat for seven days so there is a concerted effort i think mm-hmm. to not be an asshole because it's very difficult if you are an asshole you know to come back from that and i, I did have to reject a few people not you know i think there's an art to that you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> to not do it in a way that's like you know, abrasive, you just have to say, Hey man, like, you know, I'm not really looking for what you're offering, but thank you so much. Like, let's be mates. Or can I, can I buy you a drink? Which is a lie because I didn't really drink on the boat at all, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I'd buy, I'd buy them a drink, you know? (laughs) That's awesome. I had that drink package and I, useless. (laughs) it was so useless. Well, the other thing was, is like, I had a couple of those tickets dissolve in my fanny pack because I was sweating so hard that my fanny pack got so wet. And I just had them dissolve in my fanny, babes. They just <laughs> completely dissolved. And I was like, why did I put them there? And I, you know, match his pocket. It was insane. And so like the whole deal of like, oh, I'm getting like five drinks free out of this. I'm like, I can just go be nice to someone and get five drinks for free next year. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, but I just think the value for don't, if anyone's listening to this podcast, don't get the drinks package. I just don't think the value for money is there. You're probably better off buying. They should just sell that cup, you know, the unlimited soda refills. Cause that was definitely worth it. We used that the whole time. Yeah, so. that was, that was definitely worth it. Well, thank you for sharing. So get this soda cup. Get the soda cup. Don't get the drinks package. It's it's just not necessary. Just buy drinks when you when you have them. I think because we had them very sparingly. So <laughs> yeah, and you know it's an interesting perspective. So you were coming from a different country. I felt yeah. kind of like I felt like I was in a whole new world for the first time because like I had just gotten divorced the summer before, and like yeah. I was not in the gay scene at all. Uh, before I was married and like I'm not completely a baby gay like I've gone out I've been to a bathhouse like I've done things like (laughs) but like that was a huge huge different kind of place for me and the group of friends we were hanging out with was so awesome and oh like I'll be forever grateful for just how genuinely kind people were and just 
it wasn't over the top, but just like good safety tips too. Like people genuinely gave a shit. Like, hey, don't get hurt. And I just was like really appreciative of that. So like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you, you know, firstly, I think we have to be kind to everyone and ourselves. And and safety is the number one important. It's say it's important safety on a set, safety for your own welfare, safety for consent. You know, all of these things. And the reality is. If you're not safe, you can't really party. And so if you're going to be an obstruction to the party, everyone has a vested interest in maintaining safety for everyone. Like I'm not saying don't go out there and have fun, but definitely know that your limits are individual limits. And whether it's about how much sex you're having or how much drugs you're having or, uh, sorry, if you do take recreational drugs, Jesus, can we even say that on this podcast? If If you you do do. decide to take party medicine, (laughs) please be aware of your own limits and, you know, go slow and, you know, you don't have to rush. That's really important to mention. And you you did get divorced. So I think throwing, throwing it back to you, babes, like you've probably had to do two jumps culturally. So one jump is just out of your own personal relationship back into the single, you know, world. And then another jump as well into this hypersexualized, hyper gay environment of the Atlantis cruise. And, you know, we've got to be kind to ourselves on that journey. Everyone's at a different spot, you know, like even me making you know, pornography and stuff, there's still things that I haven't done. Like I say a lot to people, I've, you know, I've never been fisted or fisted someone and I'm in porn and that like raises people's eyebrows. And I was like, guys, you know, you've got your whole life to do it. Like you don't have to like rush or like, there's no like expiry date. Was that your whole life upon? (laughs) Yeah, basically. Well, no, not even like I didn't get fisted on the boat at all. Like, like, honestly, I didn't. And, um, you know, I'll save that for when, when it happens. But what I'm trying to say is wherever you are on your journey, just, you know, don't compare yourself to others. Don't start doing that stuff because it's just not constructive to generally any goal, you know? So I just give that advice because if you are going to these hypersexual environments, you've got to do what's right for you. You've got to choose your own adventure. Like Goosebumps was on to something, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll know, you'll know when you're ready for something. And, you know, if you're being pushed into a situation, just remember to take back, take a few steps back. Like think about what you want and what's safe, you know, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, I appreciate that. That's really great advice. Uh, to move on to something different, uh, you're you were just Sydney got to host World Pride this year, and you yes. were there um, with a lot of awesome people and other friends that I met on the cruise. And all of your guys' photos and shares looked amazing. And I felt the biggest empathy for you because it was like immediately as soon as you got home from, from the cruise, you jumped into <laughs> I World think, Pride. I think we worked it out. So I think the, the cruise was sort of two weeks and then World Pride was sort of three weeks, wasn't it, babes? Yeah. 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 So how many parties did we go to over five weeks? probably like i think we counted it up at like 37 parties or something like that because also sometimes i was go going so you know in one night in sydney you could have three or four parties going so some nights i was double booked so i would do an earlier go-go set and then be doing a later go-go set at another party or another venue um in sydney the biggest sort of strip of gay clubs is on oxford street so just for that whole three weeks, that street was like, I don't know, a mosh pit every day. Like we're talking Wednesday morning, half day. Um, like the street was packed like it was a Saturday morning 
at five at five a.m. and so much so that my boss is like driving back from work because the suburb where I work in my professional job is nearby, and he was driving back. He um, swims very very early in the morning. And he was driving back going, oh, the street was still pumping. And here I was having just finished go-go dancing at like 2.30 in the morning, crawling into work with a coffee. I don't drink or I don't drink when I work or do drugs or anything like that. But I was like so sleep deprived. It wasn't burning a candle at both ends. I'd blowtorch that candle to a <laughs> by the end of this. So, uh, but yeah, I was booked and blessed. We're, I made money. So that's, I'm grateful. And we all survived. I think the week after World Pride was probably the most amusing thing ever because Oxford Street was just dead. And it was dead from no people attending and no staff because it was just absolutely dead quiet. Like it was like everyone had given everything they had left. And I just sat on the couch and we've just started watching Breaking Bad and we've been recovering. And I just did my first show back, my regular show at the Oxford Hotel with Maxi Shields, who's a RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under contestant. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's about it, babes. World Pride was massive. Like, it was huge. Uh, for us as Australians, we know that touring artists, like the big pop artists that we'd love to have seen there, um, it's hard for them to get to Australia, but I think the like Interpride and Sydney Mardi Gras, who are the two organisations that you know worked on World Pride, did a great job. Um, for me, like what is really hard to reconcile is Mardi Gras parade and Mardi Gras after party are night events traditionally, so usually it's just one big day of party, right? But because it was World Pride, there were event after event after event after event. And that was actually great because some of these events were in the daytime and Sydney, I don't know if you've ever been, but it is a incredibly beautiful city. Um, and the day parties, like the ones at Bondi Beach or the Domain, they were so cool. And I, like, they were like 11 out of 10, not as good as Oliver Heldon on the back of Atlantis Cruise, but when we do day events in Sydney, like we do harbour events or boat events or stuff like that, that's where we, I think, as a city shine. And I think that's probably similar to like LA, you know what I mean? Like it's, I'm not saying like the daytime is a bit more accessible for everyone. So it was a really cool event in the um, domain. And the artist that we saw was, who was on for the domain dance party? Kelly Rowland, and she was a queen. She fucking slayed it. She did such a good set. That's awesome. I saw Dan Slater was there too. Uh, yeah, we know Dan. He's a lovely boy. I won't he, get into that. There's there's subtext there. He's a gorgeous boy. Is <laughs> it's generally high praise from Australians. Uh, yeah, I didn't know who he was, and I got to have dinner with him on the boat at one point at like eleven o'clock at night. And I just had met this cute boy and his partner and we were going to go back to the room and they were, his partner was like, if, how about we go eat first? And if we're all still interested, uh, we'll do that. And so we went and ate and we sat down with this really cute man and we just chatted with him for like an hour. And then later I figured out that was Dan Slater and my dumbass had no fucking idea that I had just hung out with Dan Slater for an hour. So Yeah, he's a pretty cool DJ. He's pretty big now. He doesn't play that many parties in Australia anymore, which is great because I think that means your career is receiving international attention. So really, we're really, oh, I'm happy for him. I think he's doing a great job as a DJ. So good on him. I hope he gets out there more. That's awesome. So tell me about 
the alter ego um, stage presence. Who who is Gabe Woods? How would you describe Gabe Woods? Well, oh, like that's a huge question. So, I mean, I think what my biggest audience by far is an, an American audience. Um, uh, I don't know what that is, you know, in terms of why Americans seem to consume so much pornography. And that's not a judgment, but just most of my audience is American. So I think the branding, marketing and character that I try and, you know, portray is tied in with a lot of your cultural understandings of Australians. So if you've seen some of my content, it's like out in the bush and it's me being cheeky and smiling and scruffy. And I think this sort of like outback playfulness, playful boyishness or stuff like that is, mm-hmm. is the brand of Gabe Woods and also the character. But in saying that, it's not too far or dissimilar to who I am anyway. What would you say? Like, I'm pretty cheeky and, and silly on the boat. So it's not, you know, a stretch too much for me. So what it's, do you think? A, it's an elevated version. It actually reminds me a lot of, like, my pup character. Yes. As in, it's like, there's this persona that really does reflect my actual personality um, but when I'm playing it up in my character for like a stage present or if I'm go-go dancing or doing a photo shoot or something, uh, I feel like it's just, I'm playing up the really entertaining parts, um, because it makes people smile and I like, I like the feedback. And I think I see that in you as you, you're building a character, but it comes from a really authentic place. It's just, it's like a tune version almost. Like, it's like, if you were to take a reflection of yourself and it'd be a tune, like what would a tune be? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, you're absolutely right. And there's a lot of similarities, I guess, between pup play and anyone who is in the media is trying to construct a narrative and a brand for themselves. And that's certainly a strategy in, you know, I guess my business and and making money. But it, it does come from a place of, you know, like, as you said, authenticity. It's, you know, art. you have to sort of say... Well, I don't know if it's necessarily art, but like, and who's to say what is and isn't. I'm just like, I can say that because I've got a postgraduate degree in fine arts. So I feel like I'm qualified to say (laughs) what isn't, isn't art. And I was like, what I'm making is not art. It's just me being a dickhead in front of a camera and people jerk off to it. Like it's not, you know, rocket science. Um, Definitely not enough like cultural information to write a thesis on there. So, um, but yeah, you, you are, that's the brand that I want to portray to that main audience because I think it is about escapism and it's about um, letting yourself go and, you know, being sexually aroused and, and playful. And I think a lot of the people who watch my porn are generally probably into that more sort of playful, flirty sort of pornography than necessarily, you know, the super hard stuff, which like I would absolutely try anything or make any sort of material. But um, again, like I said to you, it's all a journey. It's in time. We keep refining that practice and producing stuff that the audience wants and likes and will pay for. So yeah, it's something that they find value in too. That's always been my thing is like make shit that people actually like want to listen to or watch. Oh yeah. And so many people reach out and ask me for just my my cowboy photo shoots because they just like the look of that art and they like that it's me and I've, like, I've got boys. Did you just say art? <laughs> well, no, no. 
like the 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 photography sort yeah. of art stuff on my Instagram, like the cowboy stuff. So I perform at a, a monthly event called Woody's in Newtown, which is about. 15 minutes out of the CBD and it's a very like trendy, like it would be like San Fran, like it'd be like trendy, cool, like very, you know, um, hip scene. Um, and I do a, a, like a performance and hosting event once a month there at Woody's and that, um, orange jockstrap and cowboy hat <laughs> is like the, the poster all over the venue for that once monthly event. So people know me as the orange cowboy. And it's like these boys in America have seen the Instagram posts and they're like, oh, can I buy that as a print? And I'm like, you know, businessman me. I'm like, absolutely you can. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You are a businessman. I'll never forget walking into that house and you noticing my dog tag and being, being me being like, well, it comes in different sizes. And you're like, you have scalable branding. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely look you know i mean i don't it's no illusion I, I do you can't just make this stuff you need to be you need to be practical like if you guys want me to make this stuff i need like how do you like i need to pay for my rent i need to pay for electricity like i'm not a charity you know what i mean mm -hmm. i think people need to be more comfortable with that and i don't even ask for a lot do you know what i mean like i ask for a little from a lot of people and that is actually a really effective strategy so I think it is too. Um, that actually is a perfect segue into my next question. Uh, how much work is this line of sex work? Um, it's really, I should just distinguish that even though making pornography, I guess, is a form of sex work. It's not like I don't, you know, do escorting or anything like that. I, I, I just make pornography. Yeah. And so I have a lot of respect for sex workers because I think that is hard work, but I guess I am having sex for profit so it's still a form of sex work but you know i'm not you know an escort on rent men or anything like that i am just doing pornography and for me you know the thing that i'm sort of learning a lot about myself and even something that i've learned on the cruise is for me a lot of that sexual attraction is based on you know who the person is and stuff like that so i always got into porn because i was like oh great my friends are in porn and i can <laughs> I have sex with my friends all the time. I know that's like a massive taboo because people are like, you shouldn't, you know, have sex with your friends. But like our group of friends all seem to fuck each other all the time and it's fine. So <laughs> I was like, you know, of course you should have sex with friends. There's many different types of sex and, you know, there's loving sex and there's, you know, monogamous sex and then there's open sex. And, and I don't know, I see fucking your friends as like a handshake. It should be done <laughs> upon greeting, but you know, <laughs> Um, yeah. So how much work is it? Look, it, I'm pretty bad at the work. I work with someone who edits my videos. I do all the uploading. I do a lot of social media and I work with collaborators like Sam Brownell and Kobe Fawkes. And we all lean into each other, even though we're, you know, um, Sam and Kobe, obviously, are together, they live together as well. Mm. I live, I live, um, with my partner in Sydney and uh, we all share tips. We all share what's working, what's not. We work really closely with other collaborators in the scene to sort of get them started. I would say the OnlyFans scene in Australia is a bit stunted compared to internationally. I think there's a lot of people here. Um, I think tall poppy, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this concept, tall poppy syndrome. No. It's a cultural thing, very unique to Australia and New Zealand. And 
we are a fantastic country because we have this really strong sense of egalitarianism. Like everything should be equal for everyone, right? It's not, you guys would call that communism straight off the bat, but it's not that. <laughs> um, it's more like if you got a brand new car, say you, you know, got a promotion and you bought a brand new flash car, right? So I think in America, people would be like, nice car, you know, pup. Like that's a, that's a gorgeous new car, congratulations. Whereas in Australia, they're equally likely to key the car or slash the tires because, you know, you're showing off your new wealth. Does that explain the concept to you? Yeah, it's actually really similar to the city I live in too. Yeah, and it does happen. I'm not saying it's unique to Australia, but why I brought it up is because you're talking about all this hard work and I was also bringing up that the scene is quite stunted in Australia because when people start to do well, like, you know, I wouldn't even say I've done fantastically well, I've just done all right. Um, And Sam and Kobe have done extremely well. They would definitely be in the top five creators, if not the top two creators in Australia with me sort of somewhere in that top 10. And the amount of work and effort that goes into it is a lot. And we've done well. And the actual response from creators here is that they don't want to work with us because we've done too well. And it's like, I don't, I just don't understand. So the work in it for me, that's the hardest is actually getting other people to come into this sort of making porn in Australia um, and not being like, I guess, uh, restrictive in their thinking about it. Like a lot of people who really want to do it, but they're like worried about their reputation. And I was like, well, who are you? The queen of England? Like you don't be like, you know what I mean? Like what, what are you actually talking about? But I think there's so much fear of social repercussion and fear of like isolation from friends or people thinking that, you know, you think you're the, the bee's knees or you're some hot shit, you know, person. And, you know, I think that's not right either. Like I'm, I'm in this to make money and, um, you know, support the lifestyle that I want to lead, lead. So I guess that that's the facets that I'm, I'm struggling with what's hard about the work, but the good parts of the work is I get to fuck my friends. I get to make new gay friends who would like to fuck. Um, I get to, you know, invest back into stuff that I like doing. So for example, you know, the money that I've got from all of my fan sites, I've been able to get cool outfits and go on great holidays like Atlantis and meet other people from, you know, the States and, those opportunities just realistically would not be there if I didn't do this sex work. So don't be illusioned. It's, it's a lot of work. I don't just do only fans. I do just for fans, fan site, Vidly, like everywhere, because I'm trying to build this sort of overarching presence, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's work, you know? Thank you for sharing. It's you're doing good work too. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of work. And, the, you know, I'm Well, sorry. let me know because I don't know, you know, I can give you a promotional code for some listeners for the episode so they can give, give me some feedback or enjoy themselves and the content. Just let me know. We'll sort something out, babe. I'm still trying to find my niche. Like, today I actually just went and filmed some content with a personal trainer, and he is doing naked personal training. And so we literally – I just got my ass kicked while naked doing – personal training and lifting kettlebells um you i'll give you a great way to find your niche you need to go to your top 10 friends right 
mm-hmm. and say, say to them, tell me in three adjectives what I am. Go. Trust me, if you do that to the top 10 people, right, and then do that same test on Twitter or whatever, see what people say, you'll get a lot of data very quickly and to be able to help yourself. It's really important that you don't ascribe yourself those, you know, three adjectives because what you want to do is align with what your audience sees, not what you want to be. It's very important to distinguish that personal subjective analysis from an actual external. For example, I was just discussing yesterday that, you know, I grew up quite flamboyant and camp. um, And as I've got older and done bodybuilding and stuff like this, a lot of people have said, you're definitely not as camp and um, flamboyant as you used to be. But in my head, I still see myself as quite effeminate, right? But um, I think that's changed over time. And now no one says that I'm effeminate anymore. Mm -mm. (laughs) Um, so that's what I mean. You have a lot of internal biases that might skew that, that, um, that analysis of your niche. So it's really important that you go outside of yourself to get that information and also don't take it to heart. Like you need to know yourself for your own self, but if you're looking to brand yourself or have a niche, that's how you, that's how you start. You know, that's just a quick exercise you can do if anyone's trying to get into it and working out what they are. You know, like, for example, if 10 people say cute, you know, um, silly, um, scruffy, then, babe, that's your niche, you know. Or ask them to put, you know, if you search for me on Pornhub, what are the terms you'd use? Because, trust me, that's that that data there alone is worth money. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's valid that's really valid um yeah mine's been the puppy stuff so i keep i keep being on the fence sometimes of like do i put my puppy stuff on and play into like my actual pup gear and then other times i'm like well i want to not be puppy but people like the puppy um and so this do like- just do both um do both for six months or a period and then you'll have a, a lot of you'll be able to analyze what's performed well and what hasn't and don't take that to heart. That's just the audience that you're building. And this is what the audience wants. And, you know, if Madonna can reinvent herself, you know, every decade for seven decades, trust me, you can have your puppy decade. You can have your, you know what I mean? And then when you're 70, you can have your geriatric decade. You Mm -hmm. know, I know do do heaps of like colostomy bag porn or something. (laughs) and taking gallons of trt every day um yeah (laughs) something like that (laughs) that's funny um well so what's your you actually pretty much answered that like so you have a partner who's been getting into pup play what's it like being a partner to a partner who is we're we're right at the beginning of that i'm really excited because you know it's you know i I look at pup play and um, I think there's a lot of, you know, elements in it that I completely empathize with. I, I guess just purely for the sake of, I don't like having a hood on my face. Um, like I do have asthma, so I don't really like stuff that restricts breathing, but like, that's not a anything. That's just a personal, like physical thing. Right. But yeah. I actually think pup play and on pups are, are really cute. I do like, not that I would ever call myself an alpha at all, but I do like to be quite dominant and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, 
super dominant myself but I do very much love submissive boys like it's very much a turn on for me when I see a submissive boy so getting to explore I know not all pups are submissive by the way that's a generalization but of the pups that I have met there's a very cheeky playfulness that's submissive and that is so fucking hot so um when uh my partner and I were discussing that you know he was excited about pup play I'm like okay this is a great great journey for us to explore in our personal relationship so um yeah but we're right at the start of that and you know we like we've seen pups like yourself online and and you know we're just sort of you know at that very baby stage of feeling out you know what it is and stuff like that um I would absolutely do like go go with a pup mask or something like that but um I don't know if in the bedroom I'd wear a pup mask but that's just because like I would be panting really heavily in the mask and I don't <laughs> think that's sexy at all no one wants a wheezing asthmatic in a pup mask you know what I mean or maybe they do I don't know wheeze porn that's probably a, a niche that we don't know about everything's a niche the everything's a, a lot more comfortable than the full head mask too I should try it. I should just like have a go. But that's the whole point. We're right at that early start to answer your question and just exploring it. We bought a really nice um, pup mask for him. Um, I don't think we've actually cracked it out and tried it yet, babes. But um, uh, he's, he's listening behind and laughing. Um, <laughs> say hi, everyone. But um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, I, there's a lot of stuff about pup play that I like, and I think there's some really nice people in the community, even in Australia, for pup stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. I didn't. So I knew about your partner, and his partner is an amazing human being. I just have to throw that out there. We also connected on the cruise. So, yes, I'm talking to Gabe. But I, I absolutely adore his partner, and I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, but, Gabe, I didn't know you were also, like, considering or feeling some of that persona yourself. But also, I did kind of know. So you may not call yourself an alpha, but I'm a beta. Um, and these are all words. So at the end of the day, these labels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they don't uh, mean yeah. the same thing to everybody. They can be interchangeable. And it's also just a lack of language. But, like, I am very alpha-y-dommy. But unless there's, like, a real alpha around, I get pretty submissive. And there were times I felt very much, like... <laughs> following a pack around the boat and like you could have said anything (laughs) and i would have done it (laughs) like if you were like do this or go here or stand actually i'm pretty sure there were a couple times you'd be like stand right here or like come over here now (laughs) or like and i was just well i did say to you i did say to you good boy once and i think you're um i I literally saw your pupils dilate so i think you do (laughs) enjoy being called a good boy so I mean, who doesn't like being called a good boy, to be it's, honest? It's Me true. included. It's true. I'm wagging my tail right we now. Are, we are so conditioned. It's slightly alarming, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fucking cheat code. Um, well, that's awesome to hear. Uh, how do you find... Uh, or actually, let's do this. Uh, do you have any questions for me? I'll flip it around a little bit. I... I'm really interested in how people choose their pup name. I, I've been sort of researching this and turning up dead results. If I get another fucking forum thread on Quora, who the fuck is Quora? Why is it taking up my web search results? But like, I'm just curious about how you came to your pup name. Yeah. I want to um, know that story. So, 
throughout the years, I my online alter ego, the name I just put on Grinder or anything when I wanted to suck some dick and not have anyone know who I really was. Um, I would use yes. the name Max. Uh, and that just kind of stuck for a long time. Um, after my divorce, I mean, I, I dibbled a little bit into pup play. I just kind of was sitting there and I was like, I, there was this event called Thursdays at a pansexual sex club here. And I was like, and it was, they, they, they really had a calling on there for puppies and it was a little different than the gay bar. And, uh, I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to wear this. And I thought to myself, I was like, I can be anybody I want tonight. I don't have to be my human name. I don't have to be the person who's going through a divorce right now. I don't have to be anything. My job, I can be anybody I want tonight, just ethically and don't lie to people. Um, And I like got into the club and someone asked me like my name and I just came up with Tucker. I, I'd been kind of sitting on that name and I liked that name. Um, and then I, <laughs> I remember being in therapy and I, I had, was really working on alter egos and like the actual like healthy work in that space. And I felt like I had three, my dominant personality. There was this cute, innocent Tucker um, who's just, Pup was a real reflection of being new to a sex positive kink space. Like I was a puppy in that space, literally mm. as in just being new. And yes, yeah, yeah. Then there was Max, who was just like mysteriously dark and kinky and like had no problem showing off the dick. And uh my therapist It's a, gr- really... it's a great dick for anyone who's <laughs> listening. <laughs> uh thank you. Um I I realized like that the Tucker and Max really those two things actually went more together than I wanted to give them credit for. And then they blended together. Um, And that's kind of how I landed on my name. Everybody's different though. I, there's people who get a name from somebody else. Um, I have always, I, I have a name in my head. I can't wait for someone to take someday called snacks. And I just think it would be a really cute pup name. Um, And so there's like, some people get names, some people come up with their own, uh, but a lot of times it ends up being just like a name, really, really important and personal. Um, yeah. So are you more for choosing your own name? Do you think that's that means that you're going to have a better connection with your pup experience, or do you think getting a name is the tradition? Uh, my opinion on it, and this is just my own, is if your pup play is really centered around being submissive and having an alpha or a handler, I think that that my assumption would be that that would feel really good to have a name given to you. Um, just like collaring in. And in I think, regard. yeah, I think it ties in with collaring. I was just about to say that, like, do you receive that name as a collar? Is it, is that the actual official formal way? Cause like, yeah, I, it, it's, I mean, the formalities, everybody's different. I, I really try not to get hung up on uh, protocol because, like, the protocol changes in our generation. Who has time? Who, Who has, has time, time for protocol? In our this economy? Sucks at it. <laughs> <laughs> we are not good at protocol. We try, but, like, but like no, yeah, I think. Babes, how old, wait, how old are you, babes? 32. Yeah. Right, right. Because I'm 30. Like, we're really, we're square in the middle of millennials. And I was reading an article yesterday that the biggest way to piss off a millennial is to be inefficient. And I was like, oh, 
when someone can't fucking save a PowerPoint as a PDF at work, let me tell you, my eyeballs go red with rage. I was like, how the fuck are you on triple my salary and you can't <laughs> save a PDF? Like, get the fuck out of my office. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, like, if you were going to – yeah, I think I think just knowing you two, um, I think that that would – that would be something special. I mean, you can always change it if you don't like it. I mean, you can, like, that's yeah, that's like... true. That's a really good thing to say. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a forever thing. Like you might evolve, like your puppy character might change. And I think that's really, that's really nice to have that flexibility because we're not all the same forever. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. Like, for example, I'm hot now, but imagine how hot I'm going to be in two years. Like, it's crazy mine came from <laughs> yeah no you're hot you're fucking uh, we found a, a joke. reason for global no yeah, no it's, it's so not stupid. a joke you are the cause of global warming you're increasing oh, hotness is increasing the temperature of the planet each year um like this, this this apartment has literally got like sauna waves coming off a car just because i'm here That's me. <laughs> i love it um my okay, pu- okay hang on i've got go on i've got one question for you Hang on, I cut you off. Finish your sentence. Then yeah, I was going to say, my my name, where I was coming from a place of empowerment and, re- and identity, having my own name and calling myself was a really unique thing for me. But that's yes. not shared across the board. And I hear so many, some people wear collars as just fashion, and it means literally this looks pretty to them. Oh, and that's yeah. also okay. Like. <laughs> Well, you know, my partner and I, we love our padlocks and everyone asks, oh, who's got the key? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. Hopefully it's back in the room. Otherwise, we're going to need bolt cutters. We just really like the aesthetic of a padlock. Um, You know what I mean? I think it's real chunky. It's masculine. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also cheap. Like, you know, I don't have to go to Balenciaga for a nice chain. It's, you know, we we go to the Balenciaga of Home Depots in Australia, which is Bunnings. We literally got ours from Bunnings for about $12 Australian, which is probably like $8 American right now. <laughs> so that's chain hilarious. and padlock. And the guy at the time was like, oh, what do you need this? What do you need this chain for? And we just looked him dead in the eye and we're like, necklace. And he's like, cool. <laughs> right, <laughs> up, right on. <laughs> I was like, oh, well. No, I, I I love that story. I have a similar one. I get my jewelry at Home Depot, and I went in once to have them cut a, to get a new chain, and they were like, the lady was like, "What's this for?" I was like, "It's it's my necklace." And I got like the okay. <laughs> but uh, so I feel like I feel like because we go to this, our Home Depot is like renowned for lesbians. Like this is like the lesbian mecca of Sydney. Is is Bunnings Alexandria, right? Uh huh. Um, and it's like, you, you can't walk it. You can't walk one aisle without bumping into five lesbians telling you how to replant your wisteria. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, so yeah, absolutely. They're t- 10 out of 10. Okay. So I have a question for you. It's yes. just a hypothetical. Cause we did talk about being flexible with pup names. If you were to give Gabe Woods a pup name, what would you give him? What would you give me? Who, what would I give And you? in saying this, in saying this, of course, it's all open. You know, like there's no permanent, this isn't some contract we're entering into. I have to say that because, you know, audiences get a bit funny these days. Give me one second because I can see what I'm thinking in my head. I have 
I have one in my head that I've made up, which I think is funny. Yes, please tell me. Well, one thing I do that I like to do at home with my partner if I'm not getting enough attention is I do tend to give a little bit of a love nibble if I'm not getting a pat, you know what I mean? I guess like you would, you know, a nip. So, you know, these aren't bites to inflict, you know, pain. Oh, that's perfect. These, these bites are like, you know, excuse me, I'm not being patted on my head. So I would very much like to be, you know, the center of attention, which is very true generally for me. Um, so I was like pup bites or pup fangs. Pup nips. Pup nips. But then everyone's going to be touching my nips all the time and they're uh, dead. I get what no about nibs? sensation. Nibs. Yeah, like nibbling. Oh, there you go. Well, people, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, what do you think, Paige? What would you call me? I don't know. I'm kind of stuck on nibs now. I was trying to think <laughs> of like a character. I, I was like, Pup Rue was like another one I was thinking, but I was trying to think. Oh, of yeah, like Ozzy. Yeah, because you're Ozzy and like playing into the archetype. But I was also like trying to remember fucking like some of the characters' names from Rescuers Down Under. Um, but it wasn't coming to me. And but Nibs is kind of stuck on me. I kind of love that like uh, <laughs> like a lot. I, and it, it has like that short bitty like humorness that is pretty Australian. Um, How Nibs- did you guys feel speaking of that? Yeah, was that the first time you hung out with a bunch of Aussies or? Not since I lived in Disney World, like, 14 years ago or whatever, when I interned there. Um, I didn't live with them, but they were in the dorm right across from me. And they were the gayest straight people, gayest homophobic people I've ever met in my life. Um, (laughs) And so, but yeah, that was the last time I hung out. And I actually had friends with some Australian people. I'll never forget, we were 20, and one of the girls, we she just told, she was just so pissed all the time that we couldn't drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. That we was drink a, lot. a lot. Well, and we were twenty, and I think your guys' drinking age is much lower there. Um, we can like, start drinking from eighteen. Okay, yeah, and so she was because like, you know we feel like if you're paying, if you can pay taxes and enroll in the army, I feel like you should be able to drink at eighteen. But anyway, agree. Um, or at least or just like raise it, raise it to 21. I would have loved not having to pay taxes for another three years into university. Yep. Yep. I completely agree with that. So yeah, that was the last time I hung out with Australians. Right, right, right. And so how did that contrast this time? Uh, I don't know. I, we're the gayest people you've ever met. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also like to be, I'll just be super like if you would ask me at any point in my life what's the accent i'm most attracted to it's always been australian i oh, hook really it has it I, so gross overseas when i hear it. everyone's like oh no and i was like we don't fucking speak like that no and then I, I find you it say most, something i find it the most attractive and your butchness is really hot um and um <laughs> and uh so there is the, the the accent is just uh it's really sexy to me um i had someone when i was 18 filming a documentary called tea is for teacher who was visiting the states and i was in this documentary giving my piece about my teacher who had transitioned and me and this director who was a little bit older than me at the time um <laughs> really synced up like he was like in his 20 early 20s or college doing this film thing and uh we went to the movie and it was like the first person i hooked up with when i became an adult 
was uh, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) gorgeous so you've got a lot of fond memories yeah that like that kind of set like the stage for me and i've always just kind of had a thing there um (laughs) there you go babes well tell me where 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 can we expect from gabe woods in 2023 i have some big photo shoots planned um I really need to get back to the States because I'm finding that it's just so much easier to organize collabs and stuff over there. I think we're holiday wise, we're looking at Thailand in September. Um, but that's just a personal little trip to Thailand. So it'll be great. That's again, going with Kobe and Sam. So I'm sure there'll be, you know, some hardcore porn of me and a sarong getting railed by Sam's massive cock. So getting rooted. Yeah, getting getting rooted. That is hilarious because genuinely people online seem to think that I just solely do this all the time, which is I, I like it takes up a lot of time, but also I have a full time job that um I try not to tell anyone about because I prefer people to think that I'm just rich and swanning around. Um, you know, it makes life so much easier <laughs> to keep up keep up that level of appearance. Not. But um yeah, so next year there's a lot on I still want to keep working on getting better at go-go. Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing a lot of go-going at the moment. So, I mean, that's good too. Um, personal goals this year, you know, I'm always into my gym. I love, I love being quite big and I love like bodybuilding and stuff like that. So that's sort of my personal hobby and stuff. And, and yeah, I, I guess that's really it. We, um, I'm, my partner and I moved in just pretty much before we, went on the Atlantis cruise and we were gymming pretty hard so that we look good for the cruise and we were very busy and stuff like that. So then we came straight back to world pride and actually we kind of did like moving in, in the complete reverse. Like we immediately went on quite a big holiday. We went to world pride. Like we didn't really get a lot of time to just spend at home together. So this sort of last two weeks has been, so nice to just sit on the couch and watch Breaking Bad together and I guess be boyfriends at home, which is super, super cute. So, um, yeah, we're definitely some of that too, I think, next year. Where can we find you? Oh, anywhere you can throw a rock or click a mouse, you'll see Gabe Woods. Um, my just link is www.gabewoods.com. That has all of my social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, you know, uh, and then all of the other channels as well are on there. Um, you can find me on Pornhub and stuff like that. Probably my best site for premium content is OnlyFans, but if you prefer just for fans, I'm there too. For all the listeners in Europe, I'm on Eurofans, so don't wait around. You can get, you know, hot. Uh, I don't know what the German word for bear is. Something. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking there too, you can find me. Um, and please, like, follow me on Instagram. Hit up. I, I respond to most comments and messages. So if you've got feedback or suggestions or you'd like to see something different, let me know. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to know you. And it was a pleasure to meet you. And it was a pleasure to have this experience interviewing you. It really meant a lot. Oh, well, thanks so much. And I hope everyone enjoys it. And um, if you guys get a chance, come to Australia. Otherwise, we'll be back soon, baby. We love America. You boys are so gorgeous, funny, friendly. I don't know what it is. 
it must just be that either I'm super hot or you guys are super nice. I'll let you decide. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit of all of it. Uh, Well, thanks. And stay tuned till the next episode, everyone. Have a good one.